Lord bless you today. Amen. Thank you, all of you. You can be seated. You can sit back down on your couch. I guess I got myself in trouble with some of the mamas of the church that I enticed their kids to throw pillows last week. And uh, I was kindly thrown under the bus by some of my wonderful preacher friends that really gave me a hard time about opening up the refrigerator door. But somebody got to do something around here. Somebody's got to praise the Lord. We got to do something around here. Hallelujah. <laughs> amen, 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 amen. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 13. And uh, we've talked about giving, and we can't take up an offering, a uh, literal offering, but you can give online and give with the apps that have been presented unto you. Revelation chapter 3, verse 13, reiterating, thank all of you that have been a part to make this happen. Uh, I just feel to preach to the church for just a little bit, and uh, I want to come to you a little bit on the strong side, if that's all right, but I believe we're going to have revival in the end of this. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches, unto the churches, and unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, write these things, saith the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou were cold or hot. That's what the Lord said. He said, I would that thou were cold or hot. But verse 16, so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. Amen. I want to preach to you for just a few moments on this subject, the revival-minded church. I want to preach about the revival-minded church. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. Your word's been read. We love your word. Lord, it is a powerful, powerful tool that you have given to us to reach the lost. I pray that you would anoint these lips of clay, God. Help me to do my best. I'm inept, God. I can't do it by myself, but I know you can help me. We give you the praise and the glory in the wonderful Jesus, name of Jesus, excuse me, in the wonderful name of the Lord, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Thank you. Thank you once again, and uh, we love the church. We miss you. Uh, tough times for a shepherd. The, ski, the uh, sheep are uh, scattered, and uh, we miss the sheep. I speak for my uh, wife and all of these ministers. Amen. And we're going to get back together one day, and when we do, we're going to shout the house down. Somebody say amen. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit, what the Spirit would saith unto the churches. This scripture was not meant just to instruct the Laodiceans only, but it had a much broader perspective. 
the actual church of Laodicea had passed away. But other Laodiceans still exist. They have sadly multiplied into our day in which we live. They were once inflamed with the love of God, but they have gradually chilled and shifted into a lukewarm condition. It would seem to appear that the church at Laodicea was once a very fervent and healthy church. No doubt it was a revival church. Paul wrote a letter to it, which we don't have. And in another letter, he wrote to the church at Colossae. And he does not rebuke that church. He does not admonish it. And so by this, we can infer that the church was at that time in a sound state. Yet in the process of time, something happened to the church of Laodicea and it degenerated. Cooling down, if you say, you speak from its former revivalism. It became a church that was careless, it was lax, it was negligent, and it was indifferent. I don't know the reason why. We don't really, maybe we can't pinpoint it. And maybe we can just uh, uh, suppose, uh, uh, presuppose that maybe some of its best men were dead. Perhaps wealth had come into the church of Laodicea and seduced it into a form of worldliness. Possibly its freedom from persecution had brought on carnal ease in that church. And yet, the worst case scenario, it had become negligent. It had become negligent in prayer. In other words, the church had stopped praying. Something had caused the church of Laodicea to gradually backslide. It was in a strange place, if you please. It had declined until it was neither cold nor hot. It was just an okay church. I want to proclaim here on this Palm Sunday, I will never be satisfied with just okay church. I will never get to a place where something is just satisfactory, tolerable, or passable. If we're not careful, we could be on the same train as the Laodicea church. I would like to implore this church, this local assembly in which I pastor, I would like to beckon you as I have many times before to shake off the loose heavy bands. I would ask you to rekindle the embers of the Holy Ghost that can only come through prayer in fasting. In other words, this might be a good time in this quarantine that we're in. This might be a good time for every one of us and the pastor included just to flat out pray through until we're re-anointed and we've got a new sanctification within us. We are the church. Clap your hands if you believe what I'm preaching. 
Amen, amen. These folks in, the, in our little group here helped me preach. I thank them for that. The tragedy, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost coming in this room. The tragedy of the late hour is that we have too many. We have too many, and I'm going to go ahead and let it out here today. Too many dead men in too many dead pulpits giving out too many dead sermons to too many dead people. Preaching without unction and fire kills instead of giving life. We don't need head-borne sermons. We need sermons that come from the heart. We may preach and perish, but we cannot pray and perish. I'm ready to put intellectualism on the back burner and allow an unction and a fervor and a drive and a passion to consume us until we have no place to go but we are destined for revival again I know it's Palm Sunday but I came today to encourage and strengthen the church in these troublesome times I requested that these people around me and I thank them and I ask that they would put together a patriotic thing because if there's anything that America needs America needs the church in this hour the church Church has got to stand up and be what they are. Does anybody believe what I'm preaching? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just kind of feel like taking a dirt road, if I may. There seems to be a turnover. It's statistically proven there is a turnover of pastors in the day in which we live. They're stressed out. And I'm not here uh, to get a, a pity party going for the pastors or preachers. We're a blessed group. And I thank my uh, pastor friends. Amen. But there seems to be a turnover of pastors. They're overcome with frustration in their positions. Pastors are quitting at an unprecedented pace. And, and uh, just it is what it is. Some pastors are getting older and they're retiring, and I understand that. And so uh, if that takes place, there has to be a transitioning, and there needs to be a new pastor selected or elected, and however the church may do that. But I just feel like, again, staying on this dirt road, if I was sitting in the church on the church selection committee, if I was a voting member in the church, I know that there are parameters. I know that there has to be qualifications. I know things have to be in order, but the first question that I would want to know, I want to know how much does the candidate that is applying, if I can use that terminology, how much do they pray? I don't really care as much about whether they can preach or not, what kind of, what kind of wisdom they have, but I want to know one question right out of the shoot. Does he pray and does he preach the truth and does he pray a lot? I would like to want to feel uh, that if I am a saint of God uh, that I'm sitting in the pew uh, or in this particular time uh, this horrific time in which we are in uh, where we're all staying at home uh, I would want to know uh, is my pastor praying uh, is the shepherd of my soul uh, leading the church in prayer hey I want to proclaim to this group of people a church may be famous for zeal uh, and yet be lethargic uh, God said I know thy works uh, in other words nobody else knows 
knows you uh, like the Lord knows you. Uh, men, they think of you better than what you deserve. Uh, you don't know yourself uh, like the Lord knows you. Uh, but I know this. Uh, I want my work. Uh, I want my effort. Uh, I want my ministry to be becoming unto the Lord. Uh, I want it to be sanctified and holy. Oh, would somebody clap your hands and praise him? Hallelujah. Just lift your hands, if you would, for just a moment. Just uh, magnify the name of the Lord. Amen. I want you to know that this great God, amen, I, I just want to jump off on something I, I feel for this president. Amen. He's trying to figure it all out. I hope that people aren't just, amen, berating him and so forth. We're coming together. Amen. And it's been politically a bipartisan effort. Amen. It's been liberals and conservatives. Amen. This country is coming together. We've talked about it. And I know that uh, these reporters are asking our president a lot of questions he can't answer. And they don't, they're asking the medical people questions they cannot answer. They don't know it all. I, I'm, I certainly don't know it all. There's nobody in this room that knows it all. I know you that are watching. You don't know it all. But I preach about a God that one of his attributes is that he is omniscient. Omniscient. Omni means all of it. Omniscient. He knows it all. God knows it all. He knows what is done. He knows how it is done and why it is done. He judges a church not merely by the external activities, but he judges a church by its internal worth. He searches the heart. He is not deceived. Our God is not deceived by glitter, glitz, glamour, and talent. He tests all things and values only the gold that has been tried in the fire. Our opinion of ourselves might be quite different than the Lord's opinion of us. We've got a lot of things going on in the church and I hope that I hope that we're making a valiant effort and we have two campuses and we're preaching here in the 11 o'clock service and if you miss that you're going to you can get the same thing. It's kind of and don't don't throw it on the bus because some of y'all go to the same pizza place over and over and over. You go to the same restaurant. So you, you can eat the same sermon and, and partake of the same message and the same wonderful singing. You can do it again at 2 o'clock. If you're doing if you're listening to 11 on the River of Life Fisher's page, you can do it again on the 2 o'clock, amen, Fisher's page. Praise God. Or, or Muncie page. I'm sorry. But I don't care how many weekly services we have. We have two weekly services. We have two church campuses and a church, two church services on Sunday and two different campuses. But you know what? That's not enough. Somebody help me out. We know I won't express that here in this presentation. We know that the Lord has other things for us to do. God doesn't care. We can't just brag about our church calendar. Amen. If we don't have a raging fire of apostolic Holy Ghost revival boiling over in our souls, we have completely missed it. Somebody help me out. It's time for the church to rise up. It's time for revival would you give the Lord some praise right now 
Amen, amen, amen. Wow, this group of people, they really helped me out. Praise the Lord. Amen. We don't have very many in here according to the uh, the laws and abiding, amen, rules and regulations. So, praise God. The condition described in our text is one of indifference and carelessness. They were not cold. They were not hot. They weren't cold, but they weren't hot. The Laodiceans, they were not infidels. They just didn't believe it as strongly as they should have. They didn't oppose the gospel, but they didn't defend it. They were not working disruption. They weren't, they weren't, they weren't, they weren't causing a bunch of confusion, but they weren't really doing a whole lot. Somebody help me out. Their presentation was not not negative in moral character, but they were not distinguished for holiness. They were not irreligious, but they were not enthusiastic, nor were they known for their zeal. They were moderates. They were just Laodiceans. They had good news that was maintained, but they didn't make too much of it. They had prayer meetings, but there weren't many of them that showed up. Laodicea says, I'll pray when I feel like it. I feel like meddling here. Uh, Laodicea says, uh, I'll give when I feel like giving. Uh, Laodicea says, uh, I'll come to church uh, if I'm in the mood to come to church. Uh, I'll witness to somebody if they speak to me, church, uh, uh, speak to me first. Uh, amen. Uh, we need a baptism uh, of the Holy Ghost uh, violence uh, because if we're going to take it, uh, if we're going to do it, uh, that violence that Paul talked about, uh, it's got to get a hold of us. Uh, they did everything thing done indecently and on order. I can't stand order. I'm ready for God's power and God's spirit to move on us. Somebody give the Lord some great praise. What they did was a half-hearted, listless, dead and alive way as if it did not matter much whether it was done or not. Things were respectably done. They didn't put, hear me when I say this, they didn't put the preacher, they didn't put pressure on the people, they didn't put pressure on the program, and they did not put pressure on the preacher. If you want preachers, if, if preachers, amen, were, if they were moved upon, and the, and the amen corner would tell your preacher, come on preacher, preach it. We need revival. Oh, somebody hear me say this. Oh, yeah, they did the right things, just not with all of their heart, with all their might, with all their soul, and with all of their strength. They aren't so cold that they are just going to abandon their work or just give up on their prayer meetings. They are just not going to reject the gospel. They just neither were hot for the truth, nor hot for sinners being saved, nor hot for holiness. They didn't have that fire burning, the stubble of sin, nor were they zealous enough to make the devil angry. They were just lukewarm. I feel like preaching. We've got to quit thinking like we have arrived and all of that. The rapture is ticking. We're out of time. The clock is ticking. It's almost midnight. When is the church going to stand up and say we need a revival in this end time hour? Somebody give the Lord some great praise. Let's just magnify. Magnify the name of the Lord. Amen, amen. I tried to get a hold of a good friend of mine to ask if I could use his name. Uh, 
and I didn't reach him, so I can't use his name, and I don't want to get myself in trouble, but he is at Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory that has the golden ticket. It, it, do I have that? Okay, I'll shake it head. It's Willy Wonka. He had a golden ticket for me. You know, times have changed. A couple weeks ago, we Indiana Hoosiers, we were all worked up and upset. They canceled March Madness. Are you kidding me? They canceled March Madness. But he had a golden ticket for me to go to the Masters. Are you kidding me? On a Friday, I'm confessing my sins now before the people of God. I don't know how I was going to work it out. But I was going to, it was either Thursday or Friday, I was going to try to get there and then get back. And the Masters, the golf tournament, um, Friday, what would be a week from Friday. And, uh, and so it got canceled. Well, we're not talking about that right now. <laughs> we got bigger things and bigger issues to worry about. But I play a little bit of golf. Uh, some of y'all know that. I'm not great at it. I enjoy it. But there's a fellow that uh, has played some golf before. His name's Tiger Woods. I don't know if you've heard of him before. But uh, that Masters tournament, he, uh, he, he got some kind of something that stirred up with him. And uh, he won it last year. I don't know where it came from. Boy, he, he caught the fire. But back in the day, the guy was unbeatable. He was unbeatable. Nobody could beat Tiger Woods. He was winning major after major. And the reason why, the reason why I figured it out, is an incredible talent, one of the greatest talents ever in any sport in history. But there's another aspect of it that if you understand golf, you can understand what Tiger was doing. When he would show up to a golf tournament, when he showed up to play in that tournament, he didn't look around and say, oh, I got uh, to beat Freddie, and I got to beat Ernie, and I got to beat whomever, Mark, and these other players. I got to beat them. No, no, that's not the way Tiger operated. Tiger operated and showed up at a golf tournament, and he played the golf course. He was in competition with the golf course. In other words, he was in competition with himself. And so when he showed up, he was going to see how good how good can Tiger beat Tiger today? I'm gonna, I am coming after this golf course, and by then, he was so far on uh, in the lead, nobody could ever catch him. What if the church, oh, I, I have this in my notes. I want to preach it to you. What if the church, amen, would quit looking at other churches and act like it's a race and a spirit of competition. We're not in competition with other churches. We are in competition with ourselves. We are running, I'm preaching about a golf course, we are running the race which is a course and it's time for the church to get fired up. Now I know i kind of been throwing everything at you, my shoes and all of it and if you'll stay with me, I'm going to turn it around and I'm going to preach about revival but I, again I'm coming after the church today. It is time for the church to stand up. Someone brought this to my attention. I wanted to bring this in to present to you. And forgive me, I did not, uh, I did not follow it all the way through, but they said this. It's pretty much self-explanatory that this virus is, is, is it 
it is extremely, extremely contagious. But when it gets really contagious is when it's at its peak. When it reaches its peak is when it's very contagious. And that's when you need to really watch out. Oh, I want to feel like preaching right now. What if the church would get at its peak when this nasty virus that's ripping through this entire planet, when it's reaching its peak, what if the church would rise up and say, hey, we are the church and we will not set back on the defensive, but we're going to get on the offensive because if the church would reach its peak, we would become more contagious than we ever have and we see a mighty revival. Oh, somebody praise the Lord right now. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I'm proclaiming that it's coming. I feel the Holy Ghost ah, moving in somebody's living room right now. It's not going to be. I proclaim it. I speak against it. Ichabod will not be written on the doorpost of this church. What are we going to do? Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. He wants to come in. Amen. He wants to commune with us. He wants to have a relationship with us. You know what I say? Come on, Lord. How is that commune going to take place? It's going to come by prayer. God has been moving on me. Help me out. I just feel like the cares and the woes of life and all the cares of the churches like Paul talked about, I feel like they've been drifting aside. I feel like I've been getting back in tune with the Holy Ghost. I believe the Lord's about to send a mighty revival in the last days. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. I only see a cloud the size of a man's hand. But get ready, get ready, get ready. It's about to rain. Somebody give the Lord some great praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel rain coming. Mm. Hallelujah. Not just regular rain. I feel rain coming. I'm off my notes right now. Walking in the Holy Ghost. I feel a rain coming. Hold on, church. I know you're shut up. I know you're shut in. I know some folks are going stir crazy. Somebody help me out. But hold on, church. Get ready, get ready, get ready. It's about to rain. Not just a regular rain, but I feel a former rain and the latter rain about to fall in the first month and your floor shall be full of wheat and your fat shall overflow with wine and oil. Get ready. He's about to get ready of the he's about to ready to get rid of the locust. He's about to diminish the grasshopper. He's about to destroy it. And there is a revival coming. It's coming. Somebody magnify the name of the Lord. Come on up and help me if you would. Oh I feel the Holy Ghost. Hold on church. Hold on church. Amen. Hold on, church. Oh, mm, there's a revival coming. There is a revival coming. It's going to be an end-time revival. Hallelujah. It's going to be a revival like we've never seen before. The backslider's coming back. Somebody help me out. Amen. Amen. The sinner's coming to repentance. There's going to be deliverance that's going to take place. Amen. It's going to, it's going to happen. I feel it coming. Hallelujah. Hey, I feel it coming. Somebody better get ready. I know I've been a little bit, I know I've been a little bit on the uh, admonishment side. I know I've come across a little strong, uh, but I feel like God is speaking to the church. Uh, if you'll hold on, uh, there's a revival coming. Uh, I hear the sound uh, of an abundance of rain. Uh, God's about to pour out his spirit. Oh, come on.
Come on, help me, musicians. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Hey, I feel the rain. I feel the rain coming. I hear the sound. I hear the sound. I wish somebody would stand wherever you are. I wish you'd stand up in your bedroom, your living room, wherever you're watching this on your computer. I wish you'd stand where you are and say, I proclaim it. I'm praying for my church. I'm praying for my pastor. I'm praying for our leaders. I'm praying for those in New York City. I'm praying for those in Detroit, in Houston, in San Francisco, in Seattle. I'm praying for people in China, in France, in Spain. We need a revival, and the church is the only thing that's going to help us. I hear the sound, yeah, yes I do. I hear it, I hear it, I hear it, I hear it, I hear it. Holy Ghost is up here on this stage. The Holy Ghost is up here on this stage. The Holy Ghost is up here on this stage. We pray for this city. We pray for this country. Ow, I feel it, oh, I feel it. God's got it under control. We're going to see an unprecedented revival. Hold on, hold on, hold on, America. Hold on. Revival's about to come back. Revival's coming. 